It's a time of change for print. It's a time of change for the Days group. Dazed and Confused has just gone down to six issues a year rather than being a monthly title. Um, and you said recently that the Days group, it's now moved from being a print publisher to being a sort of a digital first publisher. Do you think that you're starting to see the end of print magazines or do you think they're always going to be around? The idea of the kind of magazine that has the monopoly, that kind of one all-powerful, you know, the Life magazine, the the one magazine that has the kind of monopoly on a, on a certain segment of, of the audience is gone. Those kind of, those golden days, if you like, kind of are equivalent to kind of the golden years of Hollywood, you know, like they're gone, they're ancient, and now it's super disruptive, loads and loads of um, publishers coming into the market, loads of different independent voices disrupting the kind of major publishing scene, and I think that's what Dazed represents, it represents that independent spirit and yeah print is gonna keep surviving it just keeps morphing it keeps changing you know the types of magazines change the way that magazines communicate change but there's still a very very effective way of reaching people you know people love print especially in magazines which carry a high uh, you know high quality photography mm. you know that's it's really the still an, an the best way to package photography is in print. I'm intrigued, you know, when you started Days, you talked about it being an independent magazine, you still talk a bit about it as if it is a niche independent magazine, but you, perhaps yourself and Days Group, it doesn't operate in an independent way, you know, you're very closely tied <laughs> to advertising and sort of, yeah, you operate commercially. Independent doesn't mean anarchist. I mean, independent for me means we choose what we do. Nobody tells us what to do. So your stylists don't shoot full looks for advertisers then? Of course they do. But I still decide what happens, what goes in, what doesn't. We make all the decisions, you know. That's independence. They can decide how they shoot, what they shoot, when they want to shoot it. The fact that we decided to shoot a full, length, full look for an advertiser is a decision we make, but mm. it's our decision to make. It's not an imposed... There's no imposed condition on the magazine of what we should do and how we should behave. It's... We discuss it, we do it, we execute it, and we're proud of it. You know, and if, and if advertisers take the piss, we tell them to fuck off. Mm. You know, it's a dialogue. You have to have, you're in a dialogue with your reader, and you're in a dialogue with your advertiser. Mm. You know, and you sit in the middle. Mm. That's what magazines have always done. But that must have changed for you, just even... You balance it. Now, you're so much more sort of... I guess kind of respected and known in your way when you started out, you're seen as a very important person in terms of acting as a creative consultant, helping brands with stuff. I'm interested in how you, how you found that when, it, You know, and I used to phone people up and say I was from Days to Confuse, they used to laugh and say, yeah, we, we feel the same. And now at least when I say I'm from Days to Confuse, people know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> but it took, you know, it took at least 10 years to reach that point. I want to go back and ask about you as a person and sort of, you starting out because you had quite an interesting upbringing especially an early upbringing you moved around a lot do you remember sort of when fashion or style first came into your consciousness yeah I mean music music was what brought fashion and style to me punk um, glam rock I mean I wasn't you know that they, they that was the first time I discovered that makes me sound really old right <laughs> music like, sound like I'm like you know should be in my 60s or 70s but no it was music, you know, the bands like The Clash, Sex Pistols, seeing how they... Actually, I'm, I might be telling a small lie. Billy Idol was my first, <laughs> was my first fashion icon. Um, you know, the leather, the studs, the denim, 
the shock of blonde hair, um, white wedding. I can remember being about 12 and thinking that was a good look. Um, but no, punk, punk was really important for me. And, and then um, goth, you know, following bands like the Jesus and Mary Chain and sort of taking on that kind of style. So you weren't inspired by sort of, a lot of the people we interview in the series, they talk about their parents' style or the things that they saw when they were super small. It was more kind of celebrities that got you excited. Yeah, it's music, you know. Yeah, it wasn't really what was going on at home. It was what's going on away from home that I wanted to escape through, you know. And I think, same for magazines, you know, like having, discovering Interview Magazine when I was 12 and looking at the pages of this, of these scenes in, in, in New York, this kind of, idea of Warhol's factory, this idea of, you know, art, music, fashion colliding on the pages of, of, of this magazine for me made me realise that there was a world beyond the world that I was living because my world was nothing like that, you know, I didn't have that kind of colour or, or that kind of, you know, uh, creative creative melting pot around me. I grew up in a very, in a much more straight environment so I was really attracted to that but didn't know what it was and kind mm. of had to escape mm. was right, it, yeah, it's escape, to, escape to get to it but what it did is it made me realize the power of magazines you know it wasn't all in front of me it wasn't growing up I didn't grow up with kind of you know rock star parents where all of this stuff was going on around me I grew up in a, in a very different much more straight environment so the idea that a magazine could be a portal to another reality was really instilled at me at an early age. It's interesting, you say the word escape a lot and it feels like this idea of fashion is something that's aspirational and exciting and sort of cool, is very important to you and, and is important to your titles. Do you think that that's right? Trying to create that idea of fashion as something that is slightly removed from the reader, but I guess in a good way, I don't mean in a lofty way, but in the sense that it's something that you want to be involved in, but you're not quite. I think there's fashion and there's clothes you know I don't it depends how you want to break down the terminology but you know I've always I've always um, been attracted to and inspired by designers who treat clothes as ambassadors for, for ideas so there's always a bigger you know psychological story going on that the clothes help express mm -hmm. um, and that excites me fashion as product for me is dull. Talk to me a bit more about when you were growing up, you talked about you know discovering interview, reading magazines, what was the point that you started thinking about a career in publishing or journalism or fashion or did you never quite get to that point? I never thought of that word, that word career, I never thought there was a career in it, I never operated in a career mindset. It's funny because you know in those times in the early 90s the idea of like even even people who in, in fashion or photography who were successful didn't really talk about the ad campaigns that they did. You know, they, it was kind of taboo to talk about that. You didn't want to advertise that you were doing commercial work. You wanted to be an artist. So you talked about all the non-commercial things you were doing. And, you know, the, the idea of doing that was, was, was kind of a counterintuitive. And that all changed. That all changed massively in the late 90s heading into the 2000s. Um, there was no more kind of division between those between between those attitudes, if you like. But um, no, career was boring. So if you weren't motivated by a career, you've talked about being motivated by this idea to escape. What what did you want to achieve? Was it money? Was it being cool? Was no, it I wanted to um, 
I wanted a family. You know, I wanted a family of like-minded souls who I felt I wanted to belong to, you know, in a, as part of a movement, as part of a, a like-minded group of people who felt had a kind of a higher purpose or a higher, a higher calling for what we were doing. And that was to, you know, shatter taboos, to not, to do things with heart and soul and belief in, in a f changing, you know, the, the world around us. Um, and it sounds really, it was super idealistic, um, but it's still a very strong part of me. The eye of uh, photographers like Corinne Day, they were looking at beauty in a different way, they were looking at fashion in a different way. We're talking about references and ideas that weren't considered to be the norm, you mm. know, but felt normal to all of us that were part of that, their journey. Mm. And the magazine kind of just picked up on all of that energy, you know. Mm. It was kind of the fanzine for that scene, if you like, and it took a couple of sort of fluke moments for it to transcend being a fanzine and hit into into um, more mass or, or into hit into popular culture. I want to talk about that period where you came to the city because you seem to talk about that like it was very sort of integral to who you are as, as, a, as a guy now. You learnt more from your peers and your social life than from your classes then? I met everyone in bars and bars and clubs. I, didn't, I met everyone in the first, in the entire 90s in bars and clubs. <laughs> I didn't go to meetings, you know, I mean, that's where everybody I met that collaborated with or did anything on Dazed, including all my staff, were, were, were recruited through bars and clubs because they were the most interesting places for me where, you know, music, fashion, art and video and film was coming together and the level of experimentation was incredible. I mean, you'd go out one night and, you know, you'd see Lee Bowery do a performance, you know. I want to pick on something pick up on something you said, I'm aware I'm pushing you on it, um, but you said, you know, kind of you talked about counterculture and you talked about, you said, you know, I'm very proud of our independence. I guess what I'm asking is independence from what? Independence from anybody telling us what to do. Do what the fuck we want to do. That's independence. It's that simple. So you, you don't feel If like I want to put twigs on my next cover, she goes on my cover because the teams think that's a good idea and our independence allows me to give them the freedom to decide to do that. Mm -hmm. rather than me saying, oh, do I think she's going to sell more? It means that we can be intuitive. We can make intuitive calls about what we think is relevant. We can be closer to our readers. We can listen to our readers. We can, we can understand what interests them and reflect that in the magazine without having to you know, worry about the commercial implications of it beyond a certain point because we're independent. We can follow our gut. I'm interested in what you think maybe looking back, your biggest talent is? Because it doesn't seem to me it is as a journalist or a writer. Is it? Is your talent spotting other talent? What are you good at? Maybe. I don't really know. I have no idea what my <laughs> talents are. I try not to think about it too much and just, you know, do whatever feels right at the time. You know, and it's a, it's a mix of things because obviously, you know, done a lot of interviews, written a lot of text, you know, worked with a lot of photographers, been involved in publishing, been involved in a lot of people's careers. So I don't know what it all adds up to. Is it visual? Is it text? Is it, is it, you know, fashion? Is it not fashion? Is it, it's a bit of everything. I guess I'm a polymath in some <laughs> ways with a very curious mind who 
gets excited easily. And when I get excited easily, I like throw myself into things and I don't edit and I just get on with it. And I don't give a fuck if I'm not good at something. You know, I kind of feel that to be learned or the academic aspect of something is overrated, you know, and can be a block. And all of my, you know, a lot of my people that give me a kick are people who just done it themselves, you know, haven't given a fuck about validation, but just do it. So do you um, think education's overrated? Yeah. Would you it's a lot of fun, and I think, you know, the right education is a good thing, but in for me, I didn't need it. I just got on with it. Mm. That's interesting to me, because I wonder now, when you're putting your staff together, do you hire people because you think that they're sort of talented and experienced, or because you think they're cool? All of it. But which is more important? Experience is least important. You know, I mean, it's just the willingness, the aptitude, and yeah, the passion is the most important. Um, let's talk more about when you were sort of decided to step down from being editor of Days, because I guess this goes back to what we were talking about before in that period where you, you knew that it was time to hand it over to someone else who's more kind of maybe more involved in the scene that, that Days is talking about. Was it a difficult decision or did it just feel supernatural? Didn't want to let it go and it was like a baby, you know? So it was like a, a very important part of my identity and my soul and, you know, like I was editing every word and every line and looking at every fucking comma and like doing every headline and doing every picture caption and putting every issue together with the team. And so, you know, you're super in it and to let go of that is hard, you know? It's like you're trained to do, you kind of, you've pushed yourself and you've trained you to behave, you know, to do that. And so stepping back was hard, but I realized I had to do it, that the magazine had to stay young and that there were talented people coming through that I wanted to give a chance. And I wanted to start another magazine, which was called Another Magazine. <laughs> and- Ran out of ideas that day. <laughs> you know, it was time to let go and step back and do less for days on a day-to-day -day level. And it was hard. This is going to embarrass you, I think, but people often talk about you when stuff's written about you. It's a phrase I kept coming across when I was researching you. People be like, oh, he's the coolest man in Britain. Do you think you're cool? Go and fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that a bad question? Because <laughs> um, the kind of thing like a tabloid journalist once interviewed me and asked me. Um, okay. But um, no, it's your question. So um, I don't really understand what that label means and... It's no interest to me at all whether I am or I'm not or what is and what isn't. I think what I'm attracted to in life and where my eye turns to and what my ears get excited about is, is not what's cool, mm. but what has some kind of soul or what has some kind of emotional depth and what, you know, feels new. I think Kate was very, is very, very cool. And, mm. you know, I guess my association with her, I got, you know, I got some of that. You talked about when you were growing up and this idea of kind of aspiring to something and escaping and, and getting into a world. I guess for your readers, they're trying to get into your world now. And I'm guessing, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think that people should aspire to, do, would you yeah, like I to mean, think your reader think, aspires to that? Yeah, I think the world that I was escaping to was this family was this extended family was this idea of a group of people who shared 
a common vision of dissent and expressed it in their own colourful ways. And I felt I belonged in that collective mindset, in that group. And I still really see Dazed as a group. And I really still see it about as a, as a group of voices and, a, and the different personalities within that. Some may be more, you know, social media you know, friendly, some may be more quiet, some may be more, you know, but at the end of the day, their voices are all very, very strong in, you know, in the, in the platforms that they're working on. And that's what's important for me is that I think if anything, I don't want the reader to aspire to one face that represents that magazine, but to aspire to the ethos that that magazine has. And that is represented by a collective or group of individuals who they can know a little bit about, something about, but they don't have to hold them up as the one archetype of that magazine. And that's what's been so amazing about you know, my journey with Dazed and going into another, is that I've had all of these amazing people to share that with and who are as important as me in defining what that magazine is so you know whether that is Katie England, Katie Grand, Rankin, Alistair Mackey, Phil Pointer, you know Nicola Formanchetti etc etc it's kind of like it's a gang you know that's what I aspire to that's what makes me feel excited and comfortable to belong to and that's the kind of idea that I guess at its core is what I want the reader to aspire to and feel that they belong to that kind of collect that kind of group mentality that ethos mm. i really feel that together we're stronger than we are alone <laughs>